What what's that? Why 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 do you have a piano? Uh, this is my my keyboard, mate. I hope it goes well. Episode one of season two. We've got a special band called Sprints. Connor knows more about them. They're nominated for things, right? No. Not that well, I know it of. should be, in my opinion. Well, I would have to agree. I, I've just realised I only know those two chords. <laughs> Do you want to give me those, a bed of chords and I will give you the intro for today? Okay, mate. Is it alright if it's just those two chords? Yeah, it's absolutely fine. Okay, here's the first one. <clears throat> Hello, welcome Wait, to wrong. Liquid Chords. Sorry, that was the wrong one. <laughs> Here we go. Ready? Yep. Hello, welcome to Liquid Chords. Today's guests are sprints, a four-piece band. Championed by the likes of NME, Six Music and BBC Radio 1. Radio 1. Comparisons have been made to fellow Dublin band, girl band. Girl band. And idols as well. Just sitting around being idle. They're one of the many exciting acts releasing on Nice Swan Records. Didn't know you could sing, mate. On today's new revamped format, we discuss them releasing the first song during lockdown. And the three most influential tracks to date. Okay, time for season season two, episode one, mate. I hope you've had a whiskey. We all drink whiskey here on the show, and that's what we love to do. And it's not because we're um, basically created by a whiskey brand. I'm forced to drink. No. Excuse me. (laughs) I was in the middle of something there. Never interrupt me when I'm singing. Right, okay. Okay, stop. Well, like, what... what, what? So, let let me get this straight. Oh, shit. Are these all presets? Yeah. I preset these earlier. Oh, Connor. Oh, relax. I'm going to tell you a little story. Sometimes early in the morning when I awake and I think about me best mate Concha, I find I get a little stiffy. care of myself real quick. Yeah? You like that one? It was fairly relaxing up until the last few lines. Um. You know, if you get a stiffy and you're in public, you can just what tuck you it do? up, up your, your, pen, your, your, um, your band and your pants, mm-hmm. and poke out the top, and that's called periscoping. <laughs> Fucking hell. This can be on the Patreon. This is the <laughs> after hours. 
I don't know if we can use any of this, to be honest. I don't I think we can use any of this. Good thing we've recorded the actual intro as well. <laughs> so this is not how you want the show to go. Liquid Hello, we are here with Sprints, Carla, how are you getting on? Very well, thanks so much. Yeah, and this is just for the audience, Who we've got Carla and who else is with us? Jack, how's it going? Good to have, have you guys, and there's, there's four of you normally? There's four of us normally, yeah, the other two aren't allowed to be here. Yeah, okay, just <laughs> in case you just get cancelled or something, yeah, they're like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, genuine concern sometimes, yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, listening to the music, we, we loved it. And <clears throat> which kind of struck me, the first thing I noticed was you released your first track, or so it seems, last year. Like, during yeah. the middle of everything. Were you as conscious at all that you could have been lost in the mix just with like the fact that the world was crumbling Ending. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think we put, what, Kissing Practice out in, like, February. And nice swan approached us pretty soon after that um and i think that was just before the pandemic hit like we just played our first headliner in Wheelands, and everything was looking like really promising yeah, that, that, that was end of february wasn't yeah it? So and really, we had like, like festival slots like booked in and, like they're like mtv we're starting to approach us and we're like oh my god this is really happening and then we were closed and i think it was alex and pete from nice swan we're like oh we'll put a single out around may time the studios weren't opening for months. We thought it was going to be three weeks and it was six months later, I think, before we got into one. So I think um, putting the song out was, was risky business, but it was also, I think, quite clever in the sense of without live music, people were turning to, to digital platforms to find and discover new music and people were turning to the arts more than ever for escapism. So um, I think it worked out very pretty well for us in the end, taking that risk. Yeah, it's obviously paid dividends because things seem to be going really well and you just touched upon Nice One Records so for people listening they've kind of got, they've got the likes of Silverbacks around Nice One I think aren't they? Yeah Another Silverbacks group. released yeah. their I think their debut EP with Nice One they're, they're okay. definitely like a tastemaker label um, they had sports team I think for their first two EPs and then they went on to put their debut album out which was like Mercury nominated um, and they've got some really great bands like English Teacher Now Hallen Cording um, there's a rake of like really amazing acts on the label who not, we've not met any of them nor have we met Alex or Pete who are based here in management um, we were supposed to meet last year but again the pandemic went into lockdown again so um, a lot of Zoom calls with everyone I'm hopeful for, for eventually meeting face to face Yeah well things obviously seem to be going really well and we'll get on to kind of future plans but in terms of the band itself how did you get together how, was, how, did, how did it form? Um myself and Jack and Colm kind of played music um, uh, together for a, a couple of years maybe a year or two but Jack and Colm have known each other since they were like yeah I think we we started our first band when we were 10 maybe okay. um, so there's obviously been ver- various bands since then you know um, but yeah then me and Carla would have played in another band Kevin for a couple of years Colm kind of got on board towards the end of that um, and then when that finished up I suppose was the kind of uh, start the sprints shortly after we got Sam on board then um, 
who just seemed quite, I suppose, because the three of us were such good mates, we definitely wanted to get someone who we were friends with as well. Yeah. Uh, as well as obviously was into similar type of music and stuff. Um, I think we were at that point where it was like, we can either keep kind of going as a three piece and just playing in the shed and like, just like doing it for fun. But I think all of us were kind of like, we really want to give this a serious go. Like we, we wanted to start writing music we really, we really loved and we really liked. Um, and I think we, I brought Sam up once in conversation because he's really good pals with the lads. And we all kind of went like, yeah, like either it's Sam or it's no one. So thank God he said yes, because otherwise we wouldn't be here where we are today. Um, and I think it was just a real natural chemistry of like understanding straight away what music we wanted to make um, and just really wanted to go for it. And we've not really stopped writing or playing or, or anything since we first jammed. So um, it's just like a combination of luck and, and pure kind of chemistry, I think, really. Cool. And... Would you say, Jack, you were mentioned in the previous band there, uh, Kevin, um, how different is this band compared to that musically, lyrically? Uh, I think it's quite different. I'd say, that, if anything, like there's probably like elements of lyricism that might um, carry over, if not an exact style, just because of Carla singing <laughs> and writing. You know? the same but I, I, like, I, I suppose at the start of Kevin, that was coming from... So I think weren't you doing kind of um like a lot of gigs by yourself around town and stuff yeah. and it was kind of a much I guess quieter maybe folkier kind of oh start. wow so it, it, it was still rocky it was, it was still kind of it was still rocky now okay. but like um there was I remember our sets been a real mismatch of kind of like <laughs> everything from more punky to pop punky kind of tracks to like proper like not folk folk but you know kind of uh, much more on that end of kind of things so yeah i think we, when we were getting sprints going there was a much kind of clearer uh vision definitely of the kind of general direction we were going in but yeah we definitely learned a lot from it you know yeah i think like i like jack said like i was kind of i didn't meet them till my my early like mid-20s so um i was always i was always loved music i always played guitar and i always um kind of sang to accompany myself and, and dabbled in songwriting a little bit so I only ever had myself, so I could only really write folky, kind of acoustic-y bits and um, heavier music and kind of post-punk and garage and noise and all that stuff was always my favourite kind of genre. I just didn't have the resources to really write it. So I think, yeah, Kevin was our first forte into kind of a, a band. And as we developed and our songwriting developed, we discovered we could make much more elaborate um, and interesting in music that was definitely more our passion, I think, as well, and more like our influences. So I think it was, yeah, it was like a good thing. Like Kevin was kind of like the, the test run and then sprints is kind of where we've taken those years of experience and learning and just really hit the ground running. <laughs> Pardon the pun, but maybe that's... <laughs> <laughs> it should be written into the bow. <laughs> yeah. And like, you were mentioning lyrically, like there's no hiding. Uh, um, like from the outset, I was listening to the cheek and, you know, discussion around over-sexualization <laughs> to um, lighter topics like swimming, which explore socioeconomic issues. <laughs> uh, um, but like, do you, like, how do you feel about writing? Not, not, not do you feel a responsibility, but like, do you feel like those things just like naturally come out of you? Like when you're writing or is it like you go, do you like hear the song and go, OK, I want this to be about this? Um, like, to be honest, I think it's kind of a bit of. I, I suffer a lot with imposter syndrome and sometimes when I write stuff like that I'm kind of I feel a little bit like a fraud because I don't think I am the most educated person on these issues I definitely think we could, I could be making more of an effort or more of more strides to make a difference so I suppose 
it's kind of partly like it is natural because it's an environment it's an environment we're living in it's these are issues that affect us on a day-to-day basis and whether or not i'm the most politically conscious or politically educated person in the world doesn't really matter and i think that's my way of communicating that is that i don't need to know everything about it i know it's affecting um us and i know it's affecting a lot of people in our lives but i think a lot of it is is trying to yeah say something that matters and trying to participate in the conversation but in a way that's not really like preachy and just really honest like mm-hmm. if anyone asked me on the street or if I was talking to you at the pub like these are all things I would most likely say like I'm quite outspoken I'm not really um I don't really hold back but I also have no qualms in um kind of being really open about my faults either or my my lack of um my lack of knowledge in places which I literally think is like a line in one of our newer songs it's like <laughs> I think I know a little about a lot but I don't really like if you ask me I'll probably get caught out and stuff so I think it's kind of a conscious effort to hold myself accountable as well as much as anything rather than other people that I need to make an effort and when I was growing up I don't really have many people I look to as idols or inspiration but beyond the likes of like the PJ Harveys and Stevie Nicks who were so unattainable and unreachable that I want to kind of be like a I suppose just be like a, a normal approachable person who's saying something of substance but again there's a lot more to it than just political messages as well. G'day listeners, welcome to Mixologist's Corner. This is where we ask Mixologist's... Can I just, just interject for one second? It's not, the... called mix... it's not called Mixologist's Corner. What's it called? Who's the direct... Who's the bloody... Who's in charge of this? Me or you? Me. Oh, that, yeah, you are actually. Yeah, you do You do the music. You're the musical director, but I am the overall director. Well, so, what, do, what do you want to call it then, Mr. Big Bloody Director's Chair? I'm thinking Mixologist Corner. What about that? Mixologist oh, Corner. It's just got a nice ring to it, doesn't it? You bloody come up with that all on your own? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're always stealing my limelight <laughs> and my spot, my bloody spotlight. Anyway, yes, okay. We don't have enough time to mess around. Right, listeners... G'day, I said it earlier. Welcome to Mixologists Corner. Welcome to the corner for all the mixologists. This is where we're going to ask questions to um, uh, mixologists. <laughs> okay? I think that was abundantly clear. So we're going to ask questions to mixologists um, from all over the UK, Ireland and beyond. We're asking them about their favourite cocktail recipes any local acts or any acts from their city that are doing incredibly well that we should be checking out. And finally, we'll be asking them about favourite music venues because this is what we're trying to do. We're linking music with alcohol, particularly whiskey. Can we ask them about lockdown? (laughs) No, I only, I exclusively get to ask questions about lockdown. Play the jingle. I heard you want to make a cocktail. You better make it strong, yeah. So if you want to make a ruddy, bloody, ruddy, bloody good cocktail, just follow, just follow along. Hi, I'm Carl Stanley, and I'm the bar manager of Science and Industry at Caning Grain in the heart of Manchester's Northern Quarter. I'm Northern Irish born, but Manchester raised, and it's safe to say there is a fair few... uh, music icons from Manchester from Oasis to Stowe Roses to newer artists and rappers like H as well um, uh, if I had to describe Dead Rabbit Irish Whiskey in one word uh, I think that word would definitely have to be attitude 
Um, it's the word I always think of uh, when I think of Dead Rabbit. It's a brand that knows exactly what it is and it does what it says. Um, I always think, like, for a brand, that's exactly what you want. You want to look at a bottle and go, I know exactly what that's about. Um, so, yeah, I think for me that that is the word that I would go for. Uh, if I had to pick someone to have a whiskey with and go and see perform, I think I'd definitely love to go and see Kasabian perform live. Uh, I know they're going to go on a tour soon. Unfortunately, I've been able to get tickets, but, you know, who knows? Maybe one day I'll get to go and see them at the Etihad Stadium. Um, but from what I've seen and heard from people, uh, apparently Serge from Kasabian's a really cool guy. Uh, I know he's a massive Leicester fan, so I think we could uh, uh, talk talk football over a dead rabbit and just have a really fun time and just listen to some really cool stories that he's got to share. I heard you want to make a cocktail. You better make it. I was like reading up and about the band, doing my research. Uh, I found probably my favourite quote from any musician I've ever interviewed. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, um, oh, no. No, it's it's going it's going to like take a while to get there, right? Because it's quite heavy. And then, but the last line, okay. So, <clears throat> and I quote: "While the homeless crisis homeless crisis worsens, the city is sinking in debt, and everyone can barely keep their heads above water." You see an article stating that a new 25 million euro whitewater rafting centre is being developed after the approval by Dublin City Council. Sometimes you'd rather just drown. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this is like emailing me at like 2 a.m. I'm like, Carla, I need that quote. And I'm like, okay, fine. But yeah, this is the thing. This, like, even like, I think, pretty this is perfect timing. Like, that article that came out was the Irish Times who were like, cannabis is the greatest threat to me- youth mental health in Dublin and in Ireland. And I'm like, hang on a fucking second. Like, we can, we can never get out of paying rent. Like, students can't get the pup without being crucified. Um, like, we're never going to own a home. Like, you, you, you sometimes you have these conversations with your parents, or your friends, or your family, and they're like, when are you going to save for a mortgage and, and get a house? Or like, just get your first home and then like save for your second one and, and, and like put the deposits away and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, the fact that people think you could afford two homes in our lifetime, let alone one just shows how deluded and the disparity between a lot of it is. So yeah, sometimes you're kind of like, what's the point of like, you almost feel like you're staying in Dublin, like pure out of stubbornness. Yeah. Do you know, like, it's, it's, it's so interesting. Cause I like, don't get me wrong. I love Dublin. I love performing in Dublin, but it's like, it just seems like a city that's getting more and more detached from the average person. It's just like, and I like, you know, and, and obviously it might be a bit biased cause I'm, living in the north but Belfast and <laughs> in, in Belfast in comparison I'm not saying there's not elements of that in Belfast but mm. the, the rent's half the price I think like there's there's people who are offering great supports here like First Music Contact and there's people who are trying and doing like literally like everything they can but at the end of the day there's only so much that normal people can do on like these kind of like people like First Music Contact um, and like she said so and stuff to, to help the issues that artists are facing without government support it's only going to go so far. And like, I think the rental crisis is probably the biggest threat. And even you look at the pandemic, you'd think the rents would have absolutely skyrocketed down. But um, it's been quite the opposite. Like the rents have plateaued and yeah, there's rooms available and people are like, oh, amazing. Like I'm able to get a room in this house for seven, 800 euro a month, like bargain. And I'm like, <laughs> that's still, like if you're on a living wage, that's 60, 70% of your wage. Like, 
even with like retail prices and food and electricity and health insurance, like any kind of normal thing, like you're this is just not affordable. And I think yeah, like to be completely honest, like if we if we didn't have sprints, I would have probably been long gone. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> we're based here. Our career has been built here. Our families are here. Our contacts are here. And even with the pandemic, obviously travel is impossible. But I do think it's kind of sad that the inevitable fact for every musician and the conversations that we're even kind of having now is like, not if we're moving to London, but when kind of. Yep. Or when in the next few years are we going to have to emigrate if we really want to build a sustainable career and make this a full-time career because staying in Dublin just isn't an option. And it's sad that that's kind of the truth that every musician faces eventually, that you have yep. to leave your friends and family behind to pursue a career. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, uh, so moving on uh, to the next section, we had asked you to give us three songs that you felt were influential to yourselves. Um, and I had, like, just kind of in my head, I had Savages, Girl Band, and Idols. That's yeah. three. I was thinking like there's three potential reference points, and that wasn't like that was just me listening to those before I read anything. And you have not chosen a single one of them, <laughs> so we we easily could have gone for anyone. Yeah. Okay. I think three, we've actually chosen fairness. we've chosen Savages and Idols definitely before. In, in order, kind of yeah, 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 yeah. Savages is like okay. I think Savages is a band that I would associate a lot with Jack actually because yeah. I think he introduced them to me, him and his, my girlfriend actually introduced them to me probably around the same time. But we went to it was Electric Picnic. Um, or body and soul, or body and soul, or, or something, and Jenny yeah. Beth like jumped off the stage and crawled into the crowd, and I was like, "Who is this band? Like, I want to be her." Um, Music I think as well, she 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 was her. It was probably like one of those conversations early on in sprints where it was kind of like they were definitely in the conversation for like that general buzz is what yeah. we want to go for. And those two albums are still yeah. like some of my favorite records of all time. So yeah, amazing live act as well. Just amazing. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I meant to ask Jack, would you like? Take it in terms of the music itself. How, if you're, would, would you kind of be more on board with the lyrics, Carla, or like, is it just everybody kind of pitches in with the music? Um, I think the process is becoming more and more collaborative. It used to be very much like me on my own. Um, I think the general process would be I would kind of come up with the idea of a song. I would, I would always write all the lyrics. Sam is definitely getting more collaborative now as well, to be fair. Um, but I kind of come to the guys with could literally be like a chord progression or like a rough demo on my phone or an idea of a song and I'd play it to them and then we'd play it together, um, the four of us, and we'd play it and play it and play it until we had a structure that we liked and the parts would kind of constantly change. Um, but yeah, like sure, like you guys would write all your own parts and stuff and I wouldn't sit there and be like, hit the hi-hat now and yeah, then yeah, do yeah, yeah. a Tom roll here. Yeah, please. we kind of have like, you, there, are, there are some demos that come in that are pretty like good to go, do you know what I mean? But then yeah, there's others that are, it just starts from like one riff or one little bit and we kind of, jam it from there kind of thing you know yeah um and i think even with the, the ones that are more fully formed just in terms of you know there's usually kind of might be just slight shifts in dynamics and that kind yeah. of thing do you know what i mean there's i think like kinda... manifesto is an, is an example of where i literally just had this idea of like this kind of marching beat um like very obviously um purposely political um and i just had the intro or the the verse chords and it very naturally formed then as we played it live like sometimes we'll go into rehearsal and I'll just literally like be messing around with the guitar and play something and we'll just kind of all join in and jam along and that's actually that's how most of our songs are naturally born there's a couple of the new ones who were written at home by me but that's purely because of circumstance like we weren't able to yeah, see each course. other for five months um but yeah I think it's interesting to see how much we write 
naturally and collaboratively. It's almost like every time we rehearse now, we'll come out with another song because we just enjoy kind of messing around and just playing for the fun of it. Well, let's listen to one of the songs here. Peter, do you want to um, give us yeah, no the first track, which is uh, by PJ Harvey? I lost my heart under the bridge to the little girl. What, is, is, this, is this a cover? Uh, yeah, mate. We, we couldn't <laughs> afford uh, the original, so this is me. Right. What is happening? Right, so... I'm really sorry. I didn't know that. Uh, this, this, is, this is me. You may as well fin- finish it now. That blue-eyed girl. blue-eyed The shaker's coming in now. By the water. I took her hand. Just like my daughter. Really, really dark song. <laughs> well, yeah, it goes on like that. <laughs> okay, right. Can I can I ask you straight up? It, it, have you done this for every song that they have given us to today? Uh, would that be a bad thing? <laughs> yeah. Well. Okay. Um. Right. Well. Thanks, Peter. We're, we'll <laughs> briefly chat about the PJ Harvey version of that song. Um, <laughs> and um, you just have to expect that the audience will go and look <laughs> the song up for themselves because it's the complete opposite of what you've just heard there. Um, <laughs> do you want to talk about that song, the original, guys, and what, what how that was one of your influences? I think I'll only ever have that version. So I know, yeah. yeah. All I can hear is that little, like, Australian accent in my head, mate. Um, yeah, I think PJ Harvey in general is, like, pretty pretty big influence. And to be honest, I always kind of knew of her, and she probably didn't become a massive influence to me, to be completely honest, until the last two years, I'd say. Um I was one of those people who always downloaded like full discographies of people like from like LimeWire and like would listen to like <laughs> the Kinks and like Dumb Weights and like all this stuff but like that Bob, like what is it a Clinton thing in the background um, that you oh, yeah. all your, on all your pirated music it's oh, like I did yeah. not have sexual relations at that moment <laughs> um, so I kind of always dabbled in PJ a little bit but no in the last last few years I've gotten real into vinyl collecting as pretentious and hipstery as that makes me sound um, I think we've all really gotten into the art of an album. Um, mm. I'm Down by the Water and Dry. Um, I just think are incredible pieces of music. And I just think lyrically, like her her timbre, her rhythm, um, and just like the guitar work is like really, really amazing. Yeah, agreed. I loved that um, Let England Shake. I was like listening to... Uh, what the, what's the wor- words that make make us the murder and uh, glorious land and tra- some really really great tracks on it. The only other song really, I, it's weird because I hadn't heard Down by the Water, but it was massive. Like it was really was a big mm-hmm. one of her biggest songs. But I thought for some reason I was presumed dress was the big one. I don't know why, but yeah, um, a great track. Um, what about your second song? What have you chosen for us? Our second song was uh, Debaser by the Pixies. Which I think this is like, if I thought of, if you had to like, I have to, if I dissociate one band with Colin and Jack, 
Like, it's always going to be Pixies. That's just, like... I, well, I think in the, in the previous bands, <laughs> in the one band, we did about four Pixies covers. So I think that says it all, you know? It got yeah. to the stage where we were like, we can't play all the Pixies covers at the same gig. Yeah. Like, yeah. But, like, Doolittle is obviously a like classic, classic album. And the Baser is just... We actually were, we were sitting in a pub the other day. Um, oh, no, it was studio. Was the it pub. the pub? <laughs> where where are you going? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, have I just outed some poor local business and like, the guards are on their way now you shut them down. No, we were in the studio and I actually think we all said we, we should have covered the baser because we all love the Pixies. Um, but yeah, it's just such a tune and that album is just amazing. It's yeah. the opening track, isn't it? Yeah. It Please is. tell me that's right. Yeah, it's so, like, yeah. I, I'm a big fan of opening tracks. Like if I ever picked a Savage song, it was always the openers of the albums as well were always my favourites. I think Down by the Water is the opening track for Down by the Water as well. So, hopefully, my knowledge doesn't let me down there, but surprise, surprise, if, if it has. No, it's good. Like, a lot, it's, of course, what needs more needs to be said about Do Little, but listening, because I started list, just listening to the tracks today before you just came on, and like how, it just sounds like a band. A band could be releasing that now. You know, like, do, like it was listening to the team, and just, it sounds like, you know, so much of the music um, currently. Um, finally, before you start, this band, I, I, I had no idea who they were, and I have listened to like three of their singles flat out today. Like they're so good. Like, and I was thinking this was like a I should have heard of these guys, but super new group. Yeah. So Yardact, uh, Dark Days, is their latest single. Um, and Yardact is a band I think we're all quite like. Um, in love with recent they're very very new so they've only put one EP out and they've just like absolutely exploded um, massive support from the likes of like BBC Radio 6 which I think has helped them propel um, and DIY Magazine and stuff but Sam uh, loves them as well so I feel like yeah, Sam's has, proper obsessed Sam with, like every time I, like we have this running joke anytime I look at Sam's like Spotify it's like now listening to Yard Act and it's like it's always like the same three songs he started to put his songs on private sessions because he says like he's spotting it and like messing him like would you ever listen to someone else because he moved in with us for like a month um, to to write um, into our apartment and we kind of I think we introduced him to him but uh yeah, but I think okay. they're probably going to be one of the first gigs we all get to go to again as well. I think yeah. we all have tickets, don't we? I don't know if that's so October we all got tickets. November, they're playing like Workmen's or something like Tiny so. yeah, in Dublin. Yeah. So we all got tickets, and Sam got the jumper, and like we all bought the EP. Um, but I just think lyrically, like he's just incredible. Like they're so clever, so witty, very very spoken word, and like that real like punk poet kind of title they used to throw around for likes like Patti Smith and Tom Waits and stuff. Um, I think he's really taking that on as much as like the Manchester and the fall influence mm-hmm. but uh, I just think Dark Days is such a tune and yeah I just I love good lyricism and he's one of the best I think around right now yeah, The fi- I love the fixer upper I just thought it oh. was so funny and it, it was kind of like Jarvis Cocker meets Idols it's so yeah, yeah, like, yeah. The, um, but yeah just really really unique so loved loved hearing that um, so yeah thanks thanks for giving me a, a new band uh, fascinate over and you I, I can imagine you you playing with them that could be someone should set that up that should be put us on support for workmen's yeah. i mean we're available we're in the city yeah we want to sell anywhere. Tickets, so. yeah we'll give them the tag um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we sent you out a bottle of dead rabbit and i'm sure you haven't touched it you have just been um very good <laughs> keeping it for a special occasion uh um did you like it okay 
Yeah, we literally were just having it the whole yeah, time we were talking. Course, eh? For our musical notes section, you've heard Dead Rabbit with A Little Drop of Poison by Tom Waits, the classic song from the not-so-classic film End of Violence. Uh, so we're going to... Peter? Also in the classic film Shrek. Captain, that's Captain a mu- Hook sings it. That's a much better. That's ca- That's classic. Yes. Yeah. I like um, my town uh, <laughs> with a little bit of poison. Nobody knows. They're lining up to go insane. There you go. Amazing. That is Beautiful. T- Tom Waits at his finest. <laughs> <laughs> Just as like raspy as Tom Waits yes. is already. So really changed in this. Yeah. He was too expensive as well. What have we got looking forward to from you? I know there's um, recording going on at the minute. Yeah. So we have um, we have a load of new songs coming. So. Um, I'm not sure what we can talk about right now. Right, I think the next thing people can look forward to is what the Great Escape uh, oh, yeah. showcase for part of the 13th, 14th of May. Um, there's other bits we haven't announced yet, but like, fuck it, like yeah, well, we have a tour obviously in our tour October, in October, yeah. November. So we're playing Irish UK tour. Yeah, what well, ten ten cities in the UK, four four dates in Ireland. Um, but yeah, load of new material to come. Um, hoping we have at least a couple of decent singles. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you hope they're decent. We've plenty there. Some of them have to be decent. Yeah, too. but yeah, I think um, like July, yeah, hopefully, big things to come, and just looking forward to, to the tour. Hopefully, we we'll survive. Actually, yeah, playing in front of people again. I know. Yeah. So yeah, it's been like, a long. How many gigs have you played actually as a band? That's. As sprints, um, what like four or five, maybe. I don't know. Did we not gig? Something. Maybe a little more. You see, like we, we did we did gig a little bit in twenty nineteen. Okay. Um, yeah, before releases and stuff, we would we would have gigged. We played with like like some magazines and yeah, even that yeah probably like, wasn't all that much in terms of actual the amount of gigs. So, yeah. yeah, but yeah, the tour is great. We've like we've got Skinner, we've got Scattered Ashes, His Father's Voice, and um, the Love Buzz on support duties. Did I say love buzz already? No, I don't think so. Yeah, so we've got the four of them on support duty. So, like, the, the Irish dates are looking pretty solid. Um, we had love buzz on, a great band. Yeah. I love, I love yeah, love to- buzz. Totally, Matt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we were playing Reels and Swatch, and they were playing upstairs. We went to watch the end of it, and we were like, whoa, we thought we were loud. Like, these guys are next level. Um, but, yeah, just so happy to have them on board. They're daddy lads. Yeah. Um, thanks a million, and we'll hopefully see you later. Thanks so much.
Hey, Concha, that was pretty good, right? They they really seemed to enjoy my uh, version of the songs. Yeah, no, they, they did. I mean, I know you're the musical director, but I would love it if moving forward you could just run that by me. Yeah, um, well, okay. Then um, from now on, I'll just be doing that then. <laughs> okay, so from now on, we're just going to get your versions of the songs. It's the, it's the only way we can uh, actually do it because if you want to actually have the real song, you need like millions and millions of um, Zimbabwean dollars okay. for even just one song. <laughs> Here, I didn't show you this earlier, mate. You ready? Peace on the heat o'clock. I had that on standby the entire time. I could have pressed it at any moment. You, you had that power? That was ready to to go at any second. That's. I'm glad you didn't press it. Really? I'm glad you did. Yeah. I think it would have gone down a treat. <laughs> it probably would have. Who am I kidding? I don't even want to do this anymore. I'm just going to give this job to you. Uh, okay. I'll catch you next week then. Here, mate. Um. Anyway, I've decided it's the end of the show now. <laughs> So you are relieved. You can go about your business. You can, whatever you need to do, clean out your closet or probably do hoovering. I can see a little bit of dust there behind you. Yeah, I guess it's piling up. Sort okay. it out. Sort it out before next week, before well, we have the special band on. Full disclosure, Peter, I signed off and you being the musical director under the circumstances that you would also be my cleaner. So I'm going to give you about half an hour um, and you can come... And dust up here. All right, that's that's me where.